0: I'm Liz Tapia, the dark angel from darkbeautymusic.com. And when I'm not ruling my enchanted world, I'm listening to the David Bowers Awards show on Blog Talk Radio.
1: And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide. with Your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me. I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. And you are so jovial, John Bon Jovial,
2: the legendary one, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, John. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you back here again with us for another week of music and all kinds of good stuff. And we have some good stuff to fall into this week. As a matter of fact, we're going to fall into one right now. Her name is Chrissy Gammon, and her song is called, oddly enough, Fall Into You. R I S S Y Gammon G A M M O N. I mentioned that because it's gonna be hard to find some stuff on her. She's a very new artist, apparently. There's not a lot of information available, but I can tell you this is the second single from her album Fall Into You, which is following her previous track, Dear Diary. She was from Broken Era, Oklahoma, now calls Fort Lauderdale, Florida her home, and she is a strong supporter. Of Autism Speaks, promoting solutions for the needs of individuals and their families affected by autism. She's an animal lover, a tree hugger, a self proclaimed vegetarian, photographer, globetrotter, and happy, positive, compassionate person. You can find her on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Amazon Music. John Bon Jovial. how did you find her?
1: Well, you know, I don't often uh, have a new artist remind me of some of the artists that we feature here on the David Bowers Awards, but I'm listening uh, to this particular song, and I'm thinking to myself that she's got that same ethereal quality that I've found in uh, a previous award winner on the David Bowers Awards, uh, Linda Marks.
2: Yes, a little and, bit, a little bit. A
1: little bit, yeah. Although there's more of an orchestral feeling to her music, but I, well, yeah, her, the, the, the way she, style the way is she different. carries her voice, the way she carries the tune reminded me quite a bit of what Linda does. Her
2: style is different, uh, but I, I see where you're going with that, and I can't disagree. I don't think it's going to be so hard to find more information on this young lady very soon, because I, I like what she's done. I, I think she's going to go places. She's got a good voice, and uh, I think that I'm going to steal your uh, thunder and say the production qualities are good. She apparently got a good team working with her, and uh,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if she gets so big that she's here on our show. I certainly hope so. It would be nice to interview her. It really would. would like to find out more about her. Absolutely. You know, definitely be watching out for Chrissy Gammon. here on the David Bowers Awards.
2: The show that is always an award show, which makes every one of our guests automatic award winners. How are things with you, John Bon Jovi?
1: Well, you know, I just got over the Rona. My wife and I both came down with COVID uh, a few weeks ago. Fortunately, thank goodness, we both had... Mild cases of it, I still have a lingering cough about three o'clock in the afternoon comes along, and I just the the brick wall is erected and I hit it and fall over. but you know it little by little it's getting it's getting better every day, and I was only Oh, my gosh, I was COVID-19 positive for maybe only four or five days, but it's the after effects that are hanging on. So, yeah, that's kind of how we're doing. We're just kind of trying to take it as easy as possible. Fortunately, I have a job where all i got to do is sit down here, yak, and and play music, and that suits me just fine. We've got a great guest
2: standing by as a matter of fact.
1: We've got a couple of them, and I think we should get
2: right to them because they have some great music. Our first guest is going to be coming to us with some, well, interesting songs and lyrics, I'll say that much, and we're going to listen to his first track called Toilet Texting.
0: Amen. Just like you. Toilet text is to be illegal. Do not monopolize the plot. When there's a whole bunch of people in that one toilet, falling out. Your legs are falling asleep Up from the toilet, you fall into the wall. She quickly post a selfie.
2: I, you know, I don't know where he came up with that idea, but I'll tell you what we're going to find out right now. Paul Nerigot, come in here and talk with us.
3: Hey, gentlemen, how
2: are you? Doing just fine, Paul. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you here with us. And i got to ask you, all songs that come to writers come from certain inspirations, and I would love, and I'm sure our listeners would too, love to know the inspiration for that song.
3: <laughs> well, uh, all these songs uh that's on this album in particular came from something that either annoyed me or i i found humorous and and in this case uh i've 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 been in those i've been in those situations where I hear somebody talking on the phone in the bathroom. I know there's people waiting and you you can hear their texting they've got that little click sound and mm-hmm. and and it's it's just it's kind of unthinkable, but the reality is. Most of us have probably gazed at our phone on the, in the restroom once or twice in our life. Well, anyway, there's some people that do that, and they have no care at all for the world around them. These might be the people that are talking on the phone when they're at a, a counter and a clerk's trying to help them, but they're just too important for that person. So mm-hmm. I like to make fun of it, and that's what I'm doing. It's just, it's just teasing out something that probably shouldn't happen. <laughs>
2: I hear you there, Paul. And I, I got to say, I love it. that the the thing that caught my attention when I was screening new music and artists, I saw the title of your album, which we're going to get into in just a moment. And I said, wait a minute, this, this is a catch. This is, this is a hook. And I listened to it and I, I read your titles and listened to the lyrics to your songs. And I said, this guy has got something here. This guy has got a handle on reality. You got a handle on what people are doing, the way people live, and you're able to translate it into something that everybody can understand. Tell us about your new album.
3: Well, thank you very much. And I want to first start by saying thank you for having me on here and on your great show and all that you're doing for independent artists around the world. I'm, I'm thankful and I feel fortunate. Um, uh, this you. is uh, my third album called Slightly Serious, And Slightly Serious is 10 originals that I wrote and sang and so on and produced. And uh, it's it's 10 songs that all are about uh, kind of uh, some lightness of life. And it's these things that people do around us or we all do. And I just kind of poke them. And I felt like this album, my third project in the last 13 months, it it needed to be lighter than my COVID-inspired album or my EP that followed it. I wanted to just kind of loosen up, lighten up, and have some fun. And so... It's a multi-genre album. Also, there's there's three three or four rock rock and country rock songs. There's some rockabilly, which I guess is how I classify toilet texting. Um, along with a couple others, and there's a there's a deep blues on there uh, called uh, One More Pair, all about my all about my wife's shoe collection, <laughs> my perspective on that. <laughs> that that wouldn't be
2: the longest track on there, would it?
3: You know, <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't it, say that. It does much. get drawn out by the blues. It does get drawn out. <laughs>
2: But yeah, the title of the album caught my attention, slightly serious, and I said, I just have to listen to this. And I did that, I was hooked. John Bon Jovi, I know you want to jump
1: in here. Well, I just wanted to make the comment, when it comes to shoes, um, my wife must have, oh my gosh, easily, easily 70 pairs of flip-flops, which I have uh, <laughs> accused I have accused her of being the Imelda Marcos of, of flip-flops. And I, I I think the first time I did that, she called me a body part that can't be mentioned on our air. (laughs) something to do with a passage i'm not sure but it was (laughs) but you just you just made you just made me flash on that and i have to agree with you though with you know the people that are uh uh, on the queue waiting for something and they're doing their self-important thing of talking on the phone or the tap tap tappity tap tap of uh these clueless kids that just have Absolutely no idea what's going on in the world around them. It's not their fault. It's the fault of technology and poor parenting. But that's you know that's a subject probably for another day. A whole other but I yeah I want to I want to touch on toilet texting. Other than the fact that the the, the title of the song is just excellent. I love the rockabilly uh, flair to it, and uh, you know the Carl Perkins esque uh, instrumentation. You explained what inspired you Inspired you to write the song. What inspired
3: you to to do the musical choreography the way you did? Each song, what I, what I, I do is I tend to have a, a feeling when I go into it. And it had, the, the album has this overarching thing. And then I'm balancing it with multi-genre, which is a bit of complexity. But I, I hear a song, and I, I dial in to the vibe of a song. I like to listen to the cadence first. And I like that kind of, the kind of boom, did a boom, you know, that this offers. I wanted to be upbeat. My first couple albums were, they were a little slower, honestly. And uh, and even though I was I was telling stories that were very important, I just didn't feel like being jovial in a COVID-inspired album. So I wanted this to be up-tempo. And then a fella that's a very accomplished uh, guitarist out of Austin, uh, Texas, by the name of Lloyd Miller. He agreed to work with me on this and this was a tough one because I must have gone back and forth three times and changing up my mind on a few things because it's amazing what happens when you lay down vocals to a guitar track or to a rhythm track and you go, oh, and maybe I'm being too wordy. So anyway, that's how to have every one of my songs has evolved. I've only released 25 songs so far overall. Nineteen of them are originals and they are each one of them a work in process as I go through it because I have no musical education. Well, you could have fooled us. I some think probably fact, you some, did.
1: Of, some of some of the better musicians uh, out there, you know, they have not been to the, to the Juilliard School, uh, and, and I understand that they're they're not Leonard Bernstein, uh, but they have this raw, unmitigated talent, and it comes about naturally. Their way of of doing this, where if uh, David or I were to try to sit down and you know compose to put pen to paper, to assign a musical note to a certain syllable, uh, I I know that I couldn't do it because it's not a natural bailiwick for me. Now, I can sit here behind a microphone, and I can yak on and on and on ad infinitum (laughs) and bore everybody to death, but I know how to do it.
0: As a matter of Uh, fact. Not
1: everybody can do that either. (laughs) Right?
3: Sure. You know, there's a guitar instructor I went to, who's referenced in one of the songs on the album. There's a song on the album called "Debut at 62," and it's a kind of a upbeat country rock song. And it kind of tells my story about my my frankly very naive musical journey, and the fact that I'm I'm not God's gift to anything. I know that. And there's just a lot of talent out there. But I, there's a line in there about going to a guitar instructor. Uh, to learn some new technique, and and this is the truth. He he. After he, I had a few lessons with him. I, I asked him about a certain kind of strumming and teach me maybe different strumming patterns. And he goes, Paul. He goes, I can tell with you already. You just got to go. You just got to do your thing. Trust yourself. And that was amazing. It was so liberating
4: mm. uh,
3: compared to. I, I I don't tend to tolerate. I'm not very good at at frankly sitting in a classroom, you know, and kind of following the regimen. I want to find my own path. I want to accelerate sure. to whatever I'm doing. And anyway, he helped me to do that. Though it was a, it was a wonder of a great teacher, who looks at instead of trying to throw the the, dis, the discipline down on on their you know their pupils, uh, they look at each pupil uniquely. And this particular guy by the name of Joe Marquardt out of Portland, he uh, he helped me with that. He freed me to just kind of wander. And that's what I've been doing ever since. You know, I think we've
2: all experienced the uh, the situation that you personify in this song where you're waiting to use the toilet and there's somebody in there texting. Uh, other than that, the, uh, the thought of somebody sending a selfie, well, that's that's just something that I can't <laughs> unpicture that anymore. I, I will always think of you when I think of that. But uh, you mentioned your history; you're not being a, a, a an educated musician in that respect. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you are, where you came
3: from, how you got into music, and how you got to where you are now. Well, Thank you. I'm going to try to. I'll do be, be brief. Tell me if you want to know more. Uh, but the bottom line is, I was born in Taipei, Taiwan. I moved around the world as a child following my father's military career for the United States. I ended up in Oregon and have been in Oregon uh, ever since. Uh, but lots of different homes and lots of different places, lots of people. I had a wonderful business career before retiring at a fairly young age. And I put myself out there in social services and in advising and communic- helping to uh, consult for people and organizations that were struggling. And I've been doing that ever since. And then, um, ah, gosh, I, I've got just – uh, my life's a lot of fun. I've got a wonderful wife of now 40 years. She's my executive editor. She's the one when I – when I frankly, I read – I tell her, there's a song I want you to read. And she sees Toilet Text and she just rolls her eyes and it's like, you know. <laughs> but she, she kind of rolls with certain songs that she may not approve – of course, there is another one on the album called "Mama." You know, did Mama flip me off this morning? Okay, but uh, <laughs> those are the those are the most risque songs, and I actually I actually rated that as um, what do you call it? Where you have to put a child alert on it. So I did that. And I, that's not my stuff. But anyway, so I did that. I've enjoyed a really great life. I mean, I make beer. I play music. I like to be out in the garden. I like to play some golf. I like to fish, blah, blah, blah. Kind of a normal, a normal life, I think. And music came to be in a hotel lobby five years ago, walking in, checking in at a hotel in Hawaii, a little vacation with my wife. And that lady at the front desk says, and will you be doing the complimentary ukulele lesson in the lanai tonight and I said no and before I finished it my wife said what time next thing you know <laughs> we're sitting around with a bunch of people 10 or 20 years our senior learning how to hold a ukulele how to strum it etc cetera, etc cetera. and I did that for a couple of years we went out and bought a couple right away and did that for a couple of years and learned about notes and chords and then I started writing some songs and then I thought gosh the ukulele it's really cute and I, I love it but it's kind of cute and I kind of wanted that bigger sound and and I went to a guitar store and I was looking at their, their ukuleles and I was looking for a bigger ukulele and I described what I want and the salesperson was pretty cute. He says, uh, he says, sir, they call that a guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> next thing you know, I, next thing you know, I buy a hundred dollars Stella off a of Craigslist because I didn't know if I had game and I'm not sure. going to buy something really nice. And so I figured out, so anyway, yeah, that was that. And then I, uh, then I just started, then I started writing prolifically and I got a hundred songs that I've written that want to. They want to come alive. I
2: can tell you this, you're always gonna have a place here on the David Bowers Awards because I love what you're doing. I love your storytelling and the fact that you capture something that we all think about, but nobody is doing nobody is writing songs about some of these everyday I mean, stop and think about it. When was the last time you heard Bruce Springsteen do a song about toilet
3: texting? Well, I think he's probably just got better taste than me. Well,
1: <laughs> I, he's got a lot. I don't know sing. about oh, taste. He's got a lot. <laughs> Although Bruce yeah. Bruce Springsteen did sing a song about getting a redheaded woman to tune up your tires.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, and and people like Bruce Springsteen that candidly have laid the path for independent artists like me that would never get where I could get. Where I've gotten in such a fast pace, which without them having, frankly, done a lot of stuff that you can piggyback on that you can learn from. So that's pretty amazing is the truth. In the age of the Internet, there's just so much access out there to information. It helps you learn quicker, and it's helped me to do what I've done yeah, it's been a, it's been a great ride so far, and I, I thank you guys. I've got a mm-hmm. fall project coming out. Do you want to talk about that or not, David? Absolutely, tell us about it. I'd love to hear it. Thank you. So this one's going to be a little deeper. I'm going to take these same kind of concepts, but they're the things that don't just they don't just kind of annoy us. They really bother us. And it's a little deeper. I don't mean I'm going back to COVID, but I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to topics. Uh, that are all around us, and it 's not original thought, but when 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 i when 've I've, I've written the songs about homelessness, i've written the songs about this war going on overseas, and uh, and I kind of want to call out some things that uh, I think deserve being called out in a little more assertive way than they have been. Uh, right now, I would like to offer
2: you our stage to come back in the fall and share some of this music with
3: us. You're very kind. It would be my honor, and uh, I'm very thankful for for you all uh, being out there and, again, doing what you're doing for the independent artists out there. I'll just say that, and you can find my uh, information if if your audience is interested. Uh, You can just say paulfromportland.com, paulfromportland.com, no spaces, and you can find me that way, or you can search for Slightly Serious in quotes, and it'll find that album. I had that written down as a note here to be sure
2: and mention. And I always, of course, try to give our guests a chance to sell themselves,
3: tell the folks how to find them,
2: and get their music.
3: Whatever I do, whatever song I do, or album or theme, I want it to be a force of positivity for the people that are listening to it. I want to entertain them with just the, the vibe. But uh, even my words, I, I don't. I want, I want to create, you know, some hope and some resolution and some fun and some smiles. That's more important to me than anything. we got enough tough things going on out there, don't we? We absolutely do. And you absolutely
2: have done that with this album, Slightly Serious. I love it. And I can't wait to hear your more deep subject matter that you have coming up with your next project. Because if you can take something as you have here, toilet texting or whatever the subject, and put it into a song that is both, telling and humorous at the same time, I can imagine what you're going to be able to do with deeper subject material. I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm absolutely serious about having you come back and share it with us.
3: Thank you. I'm humbly honored. I'll look forward to it.
2: I want to tell you that we have a page among our plethora of social media. We have a The David Bowers Awards Groups page on Facebook where you can go and post your music news uh, play dates, new materials, anything you want to share with the audience, post it up on that page. We'll pick it up and share it with our audience on our other pages.
3: Great, thank you for that. You're absolutely welcome. I got to ask you, is your uh, is your wife an Oregon girl too? She is. She's like me. She was born somewhere else, but but settled here in a community called Bend, Oregon, in Central Oregon. And we met in college, and man, I just I've been hanging on to her ever since.
2: Sounds like you had good reason to. It seems to work well, and uh, just from what you what little you've told us about her and the way you two work together, I think she's got your number. She's probably a keeper. I think she, I think
3: you should hang on to her for a little while longer. Yeah, I've been told all my life since I met her how lucky I am. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm drinking that Kool Aid, okay? <laughs> I don't blame you a bit
2: if you you know when you get a good one you hang on to it. You've obviously done that. I want to take this opportunity to thank you profusely for coming and sharing with us. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, I want you to tell the folks about
3: the next track we're going to play called Cooth and Truth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Cooth and Truth is like toilet texting. It's me poking something. It's a little bit more aggressive of a sound. It's a rock song, and uh, it's it's this idea that there's a, lot, there's a wonderful thing with the internet and with media in general about bringing information and bringing entertainment, if you will, to the world. And, and, and yet, there's a lot of nastiness in that. There's a lot of inaccuracies. There's inappropriate use of that technology. And a lot of people are getting misled and confused by it. And that kind of pisses me off, to, not, to be honest with you. So I wrote this song to call out those people who are hiding behind avatars that aren't publishing things with their real name and that are saying things that just shouldn't be said. I'm encouraging all of our world to have greater truth and truth.
2: Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Paul Nuraget. You can find him online at www.paulfromportland.com. Look for his album, Slightly Serious, and listen now, if you will, please, to Truth and Truth. How about jovial,
1: I like Paul from Portland. He does a nice job. He's a good guy. He's got a great attitude, and he plays some good music. He does, and I love I love the stories he's telling
2: and the way he tells them. They reach out and plain simple words that everybody can understand, and that's what caught my attention. And uh, we're so glad to have him here. Speaking of glad to have him here, Tony Moore is next. I can't wait to talk to him. You're going to love what you hear too. We're going to listen right now to his track, On My Own. my own, Tony Moore, and if you recognize the name, especially if you're a music file from the last couple of decades and you recognize the name or something rings true, you might know him better uh, from his days with Iron Maiden and Cutting Crew. Tony, come on in here and say hello.
4: Hello, David. Hello, John. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me.
2: Oh, you're absolutely welcome. We are so pleased and honored to have you here with us and to be able to share what you're doing now as opposed to what you were doing. When did you make the transition?
4: Oh uh, Well, to be honest, it, it's like um, it's a continuous it's like a conveyor belt of life. So um, do you ever remember those old game shows where they'd have a conveyor belt of all the things that contestants could remember? Them? Right. So, so life... I think for everyone, it's a little bit like that. The conveyor belt brings a new thing along, and and I enjoy that. And then, so it, it's not like one thing started and stopped, and then it's just kind of what, it's been a continuous journey. So um, I've never stopped making music, but of course, all musicians and and uh, performers tend to have a kind of a, a sine wave in their career, where they're doing things that have um, a bigger popularity, and then sometimes. You, we, we disappear into the uh into the to the uh to the valleys where we're not so uh, apparent.
2: The thing I was referring to really was what you're doing now as compared to say what you were doing with Iron Maiden. There's a slight difference oh, there. Well
4: there is and you know the thing is, uh when I joined Iron Maiden it was nineteen seventy seven. Um so you can do the, the math as as they might say. Um so I I was uh 17, 18 at that time, and that was just the beginning of my career. i moved from a little town in the west of England called Bristol to London to join the band, and they weren't famous at that point, but they had vision, and Steve Harris, uh, the bass player, was somebody who was so driven and had such a strong um, focus on trying to uh, achieve success in the way that he really believed that it could be done that he it was infectious you know I I loved the energy and I loved everything about it in fact although he he didn't say you know in these terms all in one go over the period of time I was with the band I came to realize that his vision was that Iron Maiden would be the cutting edge of new British rock music mm-hmm. that we would have a stage show as big as Genesis because we loved all those great prog rock bands back in the days and that we'd be one of the most fans in the world. And when you're surrounded by that kind of energy, it's really um, intoxicating and exciting. And, of course, Steve was completely right. That's exactly what he did. He cut it, you know, Iron Maiden started a whole new generation of rock music and, and, and still are touring today. This weekend, they're playing one of the biggest festivals in the U.K., headlining Saturday night. So, But the music is very different from what I'm doing now, absolutely. You know, my music has always been what i write probably a little um a little bit more mainstream and a little bit more melodically commercial
2: and you're right the people around you the situations and the feelings are infectious right now john bon jovial is giving me these
1: like well, what you got john <laughs> first of all uh tony welcome to the show it is just Thank an you. absolute honor to have you on with us it, it truly is you brought up something just now because I was going to um, bring it up myself when I had my turn to ask you a question about the the wave of British rock and roll and how Iron Maiden was part of that second British invasion, if you will, to the United mm-hmm. States of rock and roll music. I can remember being on the air and playing your music, uh, you know, and also playing the other rock and roll or metal bands of the day and that kind of thing. But uh, the past is always cool. It's always nice to talk to somebody about their experiences in the world and what they've done to accomplish what they're doing now. But I like this. It's a departure from what I'm accustomed to hearing you play, but I really like what you're doing here. And to me, I don't know how you guys produced it. (laughs) <laughs> to me, it has that big analog, full sound, that rich analog sound that you might have heard from the Moody Blues, for example, or that you might right. have heard from the early Electric Light Orchestra stuff. And I want to know how you made this song, because I've got to tell you, I really dig it.
4: I'm going to give you um, three sections to this song. So section number one was why I wrote it. So the song is part of a trilogy of songs dealing with everlasting love beyond the grave. So it starts with a song called uh, Love Never Dies, which I, I, I'm i going to reveal for the first. I'm going to give you a world exclusive now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Never Dies. Love Never Dies has been covered and collaborated on with Julian Lennon on his brand new album that's coming out any second hour. I think it's just that. Oh, studio. wow.
2: That's fantastic. Oh, wow.
4: So hopefully you're going to be hearing that song all over the place. That song began the trilogy and it's really sung from the point of view of someone who's passed over who is so in love with the person they left behind that they won't leave their side and they keep sending them signs to let them know like the room suddenly gets cold or their favorite song starts playing every time they walk into a specific room or there's crackling on a, a static on the line that they weren't expecting. Little messages just to say, I'm here, I still love you. So that was song number one. And then I wrote this song, which is the second one in the trilogy, which is sung from the point of the view of the person still here saying, I've got to live my life on my own, but I'm, I'm going to make you proud that I can do it. I'm not going to give up on life because I don't have you anymore. I know you're always with me. So that was the story behind the lyric and the, the kind of the spirit of the song. And then the third thing is the recording. So I hate to dispel your beautifully vivid imagination, but I recorded it all on my own in a shed in my mum's back garden. It was quite a nice shed, but it's still a shed in the garden.
1: <laughs> well, if it's your mother's shed, it has to be a very special place with a very it's special a very nice meaning and, and with a vibe that is going to enable you to make the music that you're making and what I'm hearing what I just heard you, you could have done that at Abbey Road or you could have done that in your mum's shed it's, it's a beautiful you. piece of music it's very well done it really is truly well done and I can tell it's genuine
4: well, I, you know I try and be as, as genuine in what I do as possible but the other elements of the songwriting is it to me this is a very different approach to songwriting because there's only four chords in the entire song And the thing about those four chords, the sequence of those chords, is that if you stop playing them and play something else, somehow it breaks the spell. And I can't explain why. I'm a multi-instrumentalist, but primarily a keyboard player. So I I tend to use lots of chords in my songs. And even if I want to make the melody simple, my imagination likes to create interesting harmony all the time. But in this song, it's the only song I've ever written where it 's the same chord, to the entire song, and the development of the song is in is in the melodic structure and in the arrangements of those four chords. but I tried like having a solo bit and a mid, and a middle eight section, and it just killed the magic there 's something about those repetitive four chords that is mm-hmm. almost like mesmerizing and and keeps keeps pulling you in thank you i 'm very proud of the track. I recorded it about three years ago now I think and it's got a cute video of me walking through a little park of London next to the venue that I've been running for 18 years. And it's a beautiful sunny day. It's a one take video. And if you see the video, you'll be happy that I don't get knocked over by a car or something because we're just walking out crossing roads without looking anywhere because my <laughs> eyes are on the camera, right? And we were just so lucky that everything went with the flow.
2: Uh, so, and that's a very keen observation that you made about the structure of the song and how when you tried to go beyond the basic framework that you had, how it kind of lost the effect. It it, it just took away from what you were trying to express. Now I was writing, trying to take notes while you were talking.
0: I want to make sure I've got
2: this right now. That track that you were referring to, the first track was beyond the grave and that's on the Julian Lennon album.
4: Yeah, it's called Love Never Dies, and Julian, who's, who I've known for, for a long time, heard the song and loved it and wanted to actually brought something extra to the song as well. So he, he wrote a little bit on the second verse, on the words, and added a new little melody in the chorus, which I think really gives it a great lift. So I'm really thrilled that we were able to collaborate on the song, and it, it means something to him as well. It's a, It's quite a universal feeling. So... If you look out for the album, it's called Jude. I think the album is out now, and uh, Love Never Dies. It's meant to be on it. I haven't checked the album, (laughs) so maybe the world. Maybe I better check quickly, (laughs) make sure it is there.
2: (laughs) I'm sure some of our listeners will be out checking too. I know I'm going to because I want to hear the trilogy. Now, the one thing I didn't get, and I'd like you to mention again for my benefit as well as the listeners. What was the third track in the trilogy?
4: Ah, well, because I didn't tell you about that. So the third track is called Stardust, and it's not, it hasn't been released yet. That one is when the two finally meet together, and, and it's like the one that's passed has been waiting for their partner to arrive and saying, all you had to do was trust me, and now we are Stardust with the stardust everywhere that, that sparkles. We, we are universal, and the love never changed. It was always there.
2: That is really, really a touching and powerful uh, trilogy of, and a message, uh, and I definitely... I want to hear all three of them. So I'm looking forward. Let us know when that uh, third track is available because I would like to hear the trilogy in its totality. And I guess this would be as good a time as any to mention that uh, our uh, Facebook groups page, the David Bowers Awards, where you can post your music news, new releases, uh, rumors, anything you want to share with your fans and followers. And we'll share it on our other pages from there. And this is a. Oh you're very welcome. This is really an interesting story and I I love the message. I love the song and I do want to hear all three of them. John Bon Jovi, you've been sitting there very quietly listening along. I know you must have something else besides your gripe about
1: autotune. <laughs> well, you know, it's not my gripe completely but <laughs> No, I just I just want to say Tony that we're, you know, we're we're so thrilled to have you on our show with us you know you've got uh... quite a history quite a past i just think it is uh... very cool the way that uh-huh. you have described your your passion and your love for these projects and uh... i for one am just really thrilled that you've taken the time to be with us and i'm not gushing overtly more than i would over any other guest. that we get so much talent on this show And, you know, my heart aches for some of them because they can't get the break that you and your mates got, and they're deserving of it. We have a feature on this show called Rockstar 101 where we get various artists and uh, record management people to talk about how they made it in the business and and tips that they can give other people to try to make it in the business. So how would you recommend to some of these new, young, really genuinely talented artists, how would you recommend – that they make it today? What do they have to do to to get the attention of the radio stations, to get the attention of record management, to get the
4: attention of sales? Well I think the first thing you have to do is you have to originate, innovate, and don't deviate. So that means you have to be original in what you do, you have to be innovative in how you do it, and you have to keep doing it and don't get distracted and don't get disheartened. Now Nothing is truly original in this world, because if it was, it would be so avant-garde, it wouldn't be very acceptable to most people. So you might argue that if there hadn't been a Jimi Hendrix and a James Brown and the Beatles and Michael Jackson, there might not have been a prince. He was certainly influenced by artists like that. But he took all of his influences and then added something very original of his own to it. And then you might argue he was very innovative in the way that he insisted on producing everything on his first album in an age when nobody was allowed to do that, especially if they were an unknown artist. And then finally, you, you'd say he didn't deviate. He kept being Prince and he worked so hard. And he kept creating the music that he believed in. So for any artist, I think you have to, have to be aware of who you are as an, as an originator. Then you have to find the innovative way to deliver what you do so that you're not like everyone else. And you've got to keep doing it. You mustn't give up, right? Because you don't know if the next door you open is the one that's going to lead to success. And you could be the one that just gave up on the moment that could have all happened for you.
2: Very well said. We could have you come in and do a a Rockstar 101 (laughs) feature for us. We better look into that. What do you think, John Bon Jovi? think we should look into that. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's why Um, I asked him that question because in talking to him, over the last you know, 10 or 15 minutes or so, Tony seems to have such knowledge, not only his own personal passion for the music, but the knowledge of the business. And you're talking about your bandmates back in the 70s before Iron Maiden was known and, and the, the yeah. passion and drive that well, they had. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is a natural for Rockstar 101.
4: Actually, that's another good example, you know, um, Steve Harris and, and that original lineup of Iron Maiden and, and the, the vision of what it was going to be was very original. And it was original because it was taking all the elements of, you know, classic rock music of Deep Purple and, of you know, uh, everything that's gone before, injecting some of the energy of the punk era that, that was happening at the time, which was the speed, right? Mm-hmm. And adding some great imagery right to everything. You never see the pictures of, of the members of Iron Maiden on albums. It's always Eddie and the characterizations of their, their songs that are the albums and the images. So they were very innovative when everybody else wasn't thinking about how powerful the image can be. They uh, achieved a career in selling T-shirts. I guarantee that if you go and walk in a major city any day of the week, you'll see people wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt. It's part of our culture, right? They were innovative in what they did because they just worked. they didn't deviate, right? It's, they, they toured for 18 months at a time, or 19 months at a time after I left the band.
2: I want to give you a chance to tell the folks how they can find you online, and most important, how they can get your music.
4: Okay, I'm on Instagram. It's just Tony Moore MWRE. My website is tonymoremusic.com I'm all over Spotify and Apple Music and I've got a brand-new single that I wrote for my mum. I wrote it and recorded it in the shed again, and it was written because she was her, her dementia had become quite bad, and I wanted to write her a song just to let her know that everything's going to be all right and that I'm going to look after her. And so that song's called Let Your Heart Begin to Sing, which is the brand-new single.
2: Well, I understand, you know, deeply sympathetic to that. Based on what you've told me about the shed, you might have a uh, an album cover sitting right there in your mother's yard.
4: Well, well, there's a lot more to talk about the shed, but we should save that for another show.
2: And I'll look forward to having you back for another show, if you'll join us.
4: Absolutely. My pleasure, David. And, John, it's been great talking
2: uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Moore. And here he is with Let Your Heart Begin to Sing. And there you go. Let your heart begin to sing. You know, once again, we've used up the entire hour. We're out of time. Thanks to our guest, Mr. Tony Moore, Mr. Paul Norga, and thanks to
1: you, our listeners, John Bon Jovio. Please take us home. Okay, another great week here at the Radio Ranch, and it's been wonderful having you all with us, and we are most appreciative, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, back here next week on the david bowers awards which just happens to be broadcast around the world from the studios of computer help usa in naples florida and of course from the valley of the sun in tempe arizona and we are available free on most major streaming services On Anchor FM, this is kind of cool, you can help the David Bowers Awards support indie artists and music by clicking the link at the end of this episode and making a donation. We would really appreciate it, and I know that our supporting artists would appreciate it as well. Follow the David Bowers Awards and join us next week for the David Bowers Awards. Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3 and your FM radio dial, that's Rochester Free Radio, at noon Eastern and on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week for the David Bowers and all the other uh, crew of uh, near to wells here at the Radio Ranch I am yours truly the lovably legendary John Bon Jovial saying be good to yourselves love your neighbor just keep it in uh, keep the peace okay and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards